Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 310th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy audio-based legends over at Audio-Technica. Be sure to upgrade your audio game today over at audiotechnica.com. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me for the third last episode of 2022, my podcast, Ride or Die, she can be found on them socials at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, how the bloody hell are you? You can find me dead like two days ago. Um, <laughs> I am recovering from a nasty sickness. So I do apologize if uh, the audience has to hear a slight cough every now and then. Yeah, you fooled David Draymond at last weekend. You were Man, in a world yeah. of hurt. You were in not the good ways either. You were no. just struggling. But you're no. back. So, yeah, we're, we're recording um, a little bit later than usual. Obviously, this time of year, it can be pretty crazy and disjointed. And then you throw a big old loogie in, in, in that mix as in well. Throat, yeah. And uh, you know what? We thought let's just take some time and we'll uh, get these final three uh, bumper episodes out in orderly fashion before the Christmas break. So uh, yeah, this episode, episode 310, this is going to be our favorite things. So uh, we're we're talking strictly, Ali and myself, our favorite things of 2022. And that can encompass anything that was either released in this year or something that we've experienced for the first time in 2022 so there could be some time capsule stuff that we might mention that could be from last year many years ago whatever it might be but it's the things that we've experienced for the first time that we really loved and appreciated so we're not going to be doing any news we're not really going to be talking about what we've been up to we're just going to jump in and and riff about our favorite stuff uh we'll get a quick bit of housekeeping out of the way and then i guess we can start uh rocking and rolling through this agenda what do you reckon miss up sounds like a good idea All right. Obviously, uh, after this episode, we've got two more episodes in the chamber. We've got our annual Festivus, the airing of video games grievances coming out next week. And then we're going to be closing off the year with the community-driven Biddy Awards ceremony. You've still got time to get your votes in for both of those. So head on over to videogamesandculture.com forward slash awards to get those noms in or check our socials at WeAre8Bit to find the direct links to those Google Forms documents to get those opinions and voices heard. Obviously, yeah, videogamesandculture.com is the place for all things 8-bit. And if you want to support us monetarily, ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit or get some merch on your person or on your family or friends' persons for Christmas. Shop 8-bit.net to get all that tasty 8-bit related merch. But Miss Hart, let's Ooh. jump in. Let's start things off um, from from a visual perspective. Favorite things we've watched, and we'll start maybe with with movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll sort of go around the around the room here. We've got some bleed over and some similarities, and there's some things I've mentioned that you haven't, or vice versa, that we might have also equally liked. But uh, where do you, where do you want to start this discussion off with regarding favorite things we've watched from the film world? I'm just gonna give myself props because 
I've been known not to be the biggest movie watcher and I actually had some things to mention. I was honestly concerned that I wasn't going to have anything to mention, but um, no, it was a good year considering um, like hurdles and such and like delayed releases and pushbacks and such. Um, I got to see a few movies that I've been waiting for. So that was, that was also a plus. I guess it's start on the list because we both have agreed that this was a favorite of ours, which is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, so good. Yeah, and I, I feel like we're a very, very uh, small group of people who actually enjoy this one. There's a lot of people who hated it and didn't like the angle it went down, um, which is probably the reason I liked it, maybe, because it wasn't following the standard tropes of most Marvel movies. Um, I liked the darkness. I liked the edginess. It was uh, mm-hmm. pretty cool. I was the same. Like, um, it was very unmarvel, and that mm-hmm. was probably jarring to the broader Marvel fan base. But, like, you know, we're both Sam Raimi tragics, so maybe there's a little bit of rose-coloured glasses there. But at the same time, I genuinely feel this is a damn good movie. I loved it. I loved that it managed to sort of stretch the limits as far as what they might allow into a Marvel film or a Marvel Mm -hmm. franchise where there was some genuine horror elements in here. There was some moments where I jumped and and gasped and was a little bit scared, and I love that, and more of that would be phenomenal. I just love anything that Sam Raimi does. Obviously, Elizabeth Olsen was a tour de force as yeah. Scarlet Witch. Loved her. Loved uh, loved Doctor Strange as well. He uh, is always doing his thing on screen. The the whole multiverse traversal, like, and just the, the variety of the multiverses. Multiverse I, I don't know how you pluralize that, but all these distinctive worlds and then the crazy uniqueness and the weirdness that happens to the characters that they sort of played through in a few little quick cutaway montages and stuff was awesome. And I hope we get more of this. I hope we get more weird and wacky and dark and twisted. And I hope Sam Raimi sort of hangs around and and gets to throw his DNA a little bit more into this, into this world and and do more with these characters or other characters from a horror element, because um, it's good. It gets away from, not like the like vanilla tone or, or you know narrative beats that Marvel typically follow. You know that's that's not hopefully that's not too disrespectful, but like it was very very different, and and I was all for it. Well, it made me like feel a little bit better, although technically now, because um, a lot of people were going to say that the this movie was going to go down a weird route because of um, the like people were connecting it to Blade. Um, mm-hmm. And although that connection still hasn't been fully established, um, and then obviously Blade, the Blade movie is already... It's in some trouble. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one that's uh, hitting hurdles. At that stage, it was giving me confidence. Like, okay, the Blade movie could actually be really dark and gritty. There's this this possibility for it there, so... But uh, I'm, I'm hoping so. It needs to be. We need an MA blade. We need the Wesley Snipes era blade in that sort of violence and gore and scary. Yeah. If we get like Morbius level vampire, I'm going to be fucking pissed. I've got a bad feel. Like that was my worry. It was that that's how it was going to go down that route maybe. But yeah. God, I hope not. At least we God, always have not. the original blades. Like that's Blade true. 1, Blade 2. I respect that you... Conveniently left Blade no, 3 off that list. I don't know what movie you're talking about. <laughs> there is some good parts of it, but genuinely that movie kind of sucks. But yeah. um, the next one on your list, I'm, I'm with you in lockstep too. You've, you've got Black Phone mm. on your list too. Oh. Ethan Hawke just crushing the game with those two very talented child actors as well. Oh, like everyone. Like the cast was 
incredible and like well well casted and as well as the overall tone and vibe um for the for the movie and and now I even have a weird like even more respect for the movie after reading the short story it was based off um I had this concern that like maybe um because people said that it was quite different from the short story and I'm like oh no like was the story even better like is this movie does this movie have potential to be better but I actually think what they did with this small story and then elaborated on and um, took a deeper dive and did some different turns and such. I think that they did way better. Um, And I'm just so ecstatic that I finally got the movie. It was one that I felt had been pushed back for for quite some time and I was always waiting for it. But um, yeah, and then the fact that it came out and it was great, um, really well done and – yeah, for, uh, for any any horror fans or any anyone in that tone, I definitely think watch Black Phone. It was really it, good. It's well worth the time. Like the only thing that irked me is Australia swinging back to decades ago where we get releases several months after they come out well, in America. Yes. So yeah. we had to wait for a while for Black Phone, but it was well worth the wait because yeah, it was it was creepy, it was heartfelt, it was emotional. There was some great horror and sort of thriller beats in there, but mm-hmm. there was also some light-hearted moments and some some just genuinely great acting that sort of carried that movie. Like there was only a small handful of characters on the screen um, throughout the you know, 90-ish minute runtime, but it was really good and yeah, like I don't know if they'll ever do anything more with that franchise. It feels like it's probably one and done after that, but it was a great great um you know 90 minutes ish worth of viewing and yeah highly recommended from from films that came out this year that's for damn sure definitely um then my next one is bullet train um this action movie like it's this incredible stylized action movie that i still feel like a lot of people maybe either don't know about or didn't really give any consideration for whatever reason um I'm so happy when I see people kind of go and say, oh, actually, I saw Bullet Train. It's actually pretty good. Like, I, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it because, like, I don't think it has the same caliber as, like, high-intensity action films where they get accolades and nods and all that sort of stuff, like, you know, your Tom Cruise action films. But I still stand by it is still in the same vein as movies like Smoking Aces, uh, like tropey characters that have their own style and um, character and story and all these weird groups kind of coming together in a centralized place not necessarily for the same reasons or cause but all their stories kind of entwining and twists and turns in the narrative and it was a great cast of characters and incredible bunch of actors and um it, it was such a stunning good looking movie for like how action films are usually quite dull Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I just like what they did with it. You can tell there's obviously moments where they were restricted, obviously based because of the times on, you know, probably set design and stuff like that. There was probably a lot of repetition and reuse of set, obviously, cause it was on a train, but more or less, I still enjoyed it, loved it. And I will still recommend it to any, um, anyone that's into a, like, like a uh, action film that they don't want to take too seriously. Is yeah. What like say. it's. It's fantastic. Like it's it's very stylized. Like it's it's not on the same tone or, or sort of the same narrative beats as like a John Wick, but it is very slick and polished from a from a cinematography perspective where they're using, you know, pops of colour and neon and, and really cool um, art pieces amongst the combat and just the like you said, that sort of bridging narrative where you've got 
a dozen or so different characters all intertwined and then you get little nuggets of their backstory and how they might know each other through certain other events and I love seeing that sort of tapestry get weaved together in a movie like mm-hmm. and it's really cool and it's 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 a fun way to tell stories or, or multiple stories in, in that singular um, overall narrative the combat was great the cast yeah phenomenal brilliant um, you know, I, I love Brad Pitt I can't remember half the other actors and actresses names but like everyone that was in that movie was just dynamite and I like the tone too. Like, yeah, it was violent and there was some, you know, pretty horrific death scenes and things in that, but there was also like some lighthearted comedy in there, but then some heart in there when yeah. you're sort of connecting some of the revenge plots and, and the reasons why they are the way they are. And yeah, super fun. It's it's like the definition of a popcorn movie, but it's a really, really good popcorn movie. Yeah. Uh, this the next one, one. Yeah, this one's for both of us. Uh, Prey. That yeah, what a like hidden like like this out of nowhere, just a blessing for us for our fan base of you know alien predator fan base and um and the other shocker was it was incredibly done well done <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it was really really well done yeah for for the audio listeners I I sort of did a thank you pray to the mm. gods because this like when it's all said and done. Like, it might have been my favorite movie of the year just because I think, like you said, as as sort of longtime fans of, of that, you know, Predator and Alien world, you know, we've had our hearts trodden on many times oh, with yeah. things that they've released. And the expectations were high, but I think the realization in our minds was like, there's a chance this is going to be another just piece of crap. And then it came out and it was just... Everything great and then some, like, the the cast was fantastic. Amber Mid-Thunder as the lead Nauru was really good. Like, Dan Trachtenberg and his cinematography using the, you know, the real-world environments and locations. It was really pretty to look at. The, the feral predator they introduced in this was just this big, imposing, giant beast. And, yeah, I've watched this movie a couple of times this year. I think I've watched it four times now four times three times i've watched it i've gone back and done a few repeat viewings and it's the only movie of this year that i've watched more than once and it's just super fun like it's i think it's 90-ish minutes as well uh but it just has a good pace yeah the story is is well played out there's some some great arcs that you see with some of the characters and i hope whether we get more in this direct universe or this direct timeline, but I hope we get more Dan Trachtenberg with Predator because I loved what he did. And yeah, I'm feeling hopeful again for these franchises. No doubt I'll probably get hurt in the future with potentially this alien TV show that they're working on. But for now I'm on cloud nine. Yeah. I mean, like there was a lot of things where I was kind of um, tongue in cheek saying that like, Alien vs. Predator established this kind of theme of uh, the Predators visiting the Earth, Earth space years and years and years before um, and saying that, see, it was a great idea. But, yeah, everything about it, like, um, I always enjoy when a movie can be bloody gory but also set in such a beautiful landscape and environment um, and then also having it all uh, has a important part of the overall story as well. Um, I, I'm I am curious how they developed the franchise from here. Um, obviously, it was a great success; everyone loved it. So I don't think anyone will be moving the franchise away from the original creators and such of, of that movie, the, the director anyway. So uh, yeah, interesting. Are we still going to be in Predator, Predator, Back to the Future, or whatever? <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah, we'll like. See. 
they'll eternally get blood out of these stones, like because Always. people they know people will turn up in droves, whether it be through streamers or through you know physical you know cinema viewings. But yeah, Alien and Predator they're two of the largest IP, especially in science fiction world. So. They'll keep going back to that well, but I think they've got a formula here that can work or at least a visionary that could maybe plan this out for the next several films, whether it be we're jumping, you know, another little time jump 50 years ahead or 100 years ahead or yeah. whatever it's going to be because they did reference things in these movies mm-hmm. and there's some Easter eggs there that connect to stuff like in Predator 2 with the pistol that Danny Glover gets and all that kind of thing. So there is now a connected world that they're, they're paying homage to, but we'll see. We'll see. I'd love to see more Robert Rodriguez's um, Predators again, back on that hunting planet with uh, big Adrian Brody and his giant nose. But uh, I don't think we'll ever get more of that, which makes me sad. Well, I'm kind of okay with that. <sighs> Come on now. I'm okay with the next movie on your list, and I feel silly for not including it as well, but The Batman. Yeah, The Batman. And, like, that's a big deal for me. Um, I, the most critical on the DC universe and how it's portrayed and... While I still don't stand by that the Batman being perfect, I think um, of all the movie renditions that we've been seeing, um, it's definitely is my favorite. Like of those, um, there's a lot of things attached to it that I'm excited for. Um, there's just a, a bunch of characters that I think were done justice um, and were done right. I think that the overall vibe, um, like the overall. Um, aesthetic was done appropriately um um i always have that issue with setting these comic book movies in the real world so i think they disconnected enough to kind of establish their own comic book world so but we'll see obviously with future movies or future attachments if they happen um but yeah the, the the batman made the list because i i was actually pleasantly um, pleasantly surprised by what I did enjoy in the movie. So, mm. was one of the highlights of that movie when he's when he says, "I'm vengeance." Never vengeance. Usually, no. <laughs> to be to be fair, Batman is you, hardly ever the highlight of Batman stuff for me. So, yeah, I think um that movie definitely the highlights were the the villains or the the antiheroes like like Catwoman was great. Obviously, the Penguin. The Penguin is oh. probably the standout for me, and I can't wait to see that spin off. TV oh, yeah. show we get with the Penguin, and then we're getting the the Arkham Asylum spinoff as well um, on oh, on yeah. TV, which which is exciting to see. Well, unless James Gunn and his now vision uh, might yeah. change things, because um, they be ripping pages out of that uh, of that manuscript in a big way at the moment. Like, yes, uh, they are. yeah, the drama uh, listeners that uh, is unplaying uh, through through various social media posts and things as far as things getting cancelled uh you know wonder woman 3 getting scrapped just after gal gadot was sort of saying how excited she was to see what happens with the next evolution of the character then patty jenkins says you know what fuck you dc i'm out this is what a story arc looks like with the little oxford dictionary description as they say no like it is it is great but it's also horrific because um yeah i don't know what's going to happen with a lot of these franchises now yeah, to be fair, does anyone remember what happened in the last movie? I do. It wasn't very good. It's it's a shame because the first Wonder Woman was very special and then um, 1984 was not special. But anyway, uh, Pedro Pascal was great. In oh, it. But, God, uh, wasn't he? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what his grand plan is uh, with, with the DC universe and how it's all going to play out over the coming decade or so. But yeah. uh, good list. I am complete in, in complete lockstep with you there. 
Uh, a few that I've got on my list that weren't on yours as well that I'll quickly mention. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was uh, written and directed by the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schneidart. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this. I know you were sort of eh about it when yeah, you watched it. It was eh for me. But I was all in. Michelle Yeoh as, as the lead, fantastic. Jamie Lee Curtis is like the villain in a way, fantastic. The way that they tackle and handle multiverses, really loved it. I just was just I was on this roller coaster. I was all in right from the jump on that film and it's one of my favorite things I've watched in a good long while. And then the other one I wanted to mention, it is not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination. It is not going to win an Oscar award. But uh, I wanted to shout out Terrifier 2, obviously uh, <laughs> written and directed by Damien Leone, one of the most um, splatterfest horror films that I can just about ever remember seeing. Uh, Laura Levera as Sienna Shaw, a little bit of a hero coming out party there as, as the new final girl uh, around the internet that everyone seems to love. And then David Howard Thornton as Art the Clown, the psychotic kill fest machine who uh, does horrible things to many a person in that over two hour runtime. It is just choppy and gross and full of sinew and appendages getting removed and viscera. And because it's all practical effects done on a shoestring budget, like what they were managed to do with that amount of money is, you know, testament to everyone involved, but also the fact that this has been one of the biggest hits of the year where it's done, I think, close to $15 million now for a movie on, like, a budget of 200000 Like, so they are good. killing the game. And, uh, yeah, Terrifier 3 is no doubt on its way soon. But uh, anyone with a bit of a strong stomach that likes a bit of horror, a bit of gore, check out Terrifier 2. Anyone not with a strong stomach... Take this as a warning that you might feel a bit uncomfortable in a few of these scenes because uh, people be getting fucked up in a whole host of horrible ways. Yeah, I don't. I I, I don't know if I'll ever get around to this one. Maybe I like I'm I'm I've got a pretty good stomach for gore and stuff, so I should be fine to watch it. I'll just have to make some time for it. Yeah, it's it's B grade in every sense of the word, but that is like a like that's a positive uh, adjective. Like I'm not saying that it's crappy. Like it is great. It is. But just go into it. It's, it's not going to be a triple A, but it's going to impact you probably a lot more than most triple A's will. So, uh, yeah, Terrify <laughs> 2, available on a whole host of streamers. You can get Blu-rays and things as well. Uh, but let's let's uh, keep talking about things we've watched. And maybe we'll shift focus into the TV show section Ooh, here. As, yeah. as is tradition, we've got some bleed over again. We've of got course, some uh, yeah. similarities. There's some ones on my list that I forgot to add that you've got on there too, which I'm very thankful for. So, uh the first one I guess we got together is the boys. Yeah, the the one better of, late than never, yeah. Miss Hart. Bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like you know, just I I will give everyone their just desserts. Like you know, you were all correct. You know, you were all right. I, it was good. I did enjoy it. Um, I, I'm still catching up. I, I did um, put it down. Third season is that where I'm at? That's good. Nearly um, up to date. Nearly up to date. Um, I did see that they're kind of having a spin-off now with the college students or high school mm-hmm. students or something. So yep. I, I hope that doesn't get amongst it and ruin anything for me. But yeah, no, the boys was uh, was a good surprise. Um, I right amount of um, comedy, action, heart, and uh, a little bit of uh, blood and gore um, when needed. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I understand why people told me to watch it and I, I finally did and wasn't disappointed. I can see why it's so popular. It's so good. Like obviously amongst the hysteria and just the general love of anything to do with superheroes in general mm-hmm. through Marvel and DC, the boys and what Garth Innes created through, through his comics back in the day is, is very unlike the Marvel and DC, which I think probably helps it stand apart a little bit more and, and sort of um, elevate the, the content. But it's so good. Yeah, three seasons now. The latest season was really great. Uh, Billy Butcher is still just the, the anchor that carries this show. Like, Carl Urban is just phenomenal in this show. You love him, you hate him, everything else in between. Yeah. In every episode, just about. You go from, yeah, I love you, Billy, to Billy, fuck you, to <laughs> what now you- we're neutral again. Like, it's so good and I can't wait for more of the boys because yeah we've got a fourth season getting done at the moment yeah we've got the spin-off of like the the high school college era um tying into the the soups academy almost i think is what it weaves into i don't really know the the actual like full synopses on that but it's so great it's on prime video there's a lot of great stuff on prime video and uh yeah the boys is certainly one of my favorites on there and um yeah you gotta check it out anyone that hasn't it's so good it's very adult don't watch it with your kids that's for sure yeah. Unless you want your kids to see and hear some things that they probably might not want to see at that age, but um, it's so great. <laughs> I yeah, uh, don't be like me. Uh, watch it as fast as you can. Yes, yes. I mean, Love speaking that. of superheroes, <laughs> anti-heroes? yeah, valid, valid. <laughs> um, Peacemaker. Yes, 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 yes. One of the best new things on TV. I couldn't believe like like it looks good and I was like all right let's see what this is about like not only like not only was it a fantastic series that absolutely just like blew me off my feet and every episode just constantly good great pacing great great amount of action comedy great characters from like every character you know like um I like I just couldn't believe how much of a turnaround of my opinion on John Cena like happened because of like him in this like this role of like peacemaker like I was so like certain that he was just going to be like another rock and I was like I'm not going to care about this guy he's just trying too hard you know to be an actor like why is he bothering but I'm I'm sold now like I'm completely sold on the guy I'm all into like peacemaker like the the sprinkling of the character we got through the Suicide Squad movie was it was a great sort of um, entree, I guess, to what yeah. to expect with him. And then when they announced the show, I'm like, how are they going to do a whole show about show this about character? This guy, yeah. And then they drop this thing, and James Gunn and, and his DNA is all over this. So you've you've got that tone and that familiarity with how he shoots things, and it Kill is so great. Yeah, the soundtrack is great. It's got one of the best intros to a TV show I've ever seen. Like. I'm usually, once I've seen it a few times, you know, like you think of Game of Thrones where the intro goes for seven days. You skip it by this. Every single time I watch James, oh, not James Gunn, I I watch John Cena and Eagley and everyone else jumping in and doing their dances and and no selling any emotion, but just dancing like their their life depends on it. And Mm. it's so great. I can't wait for season two to come out because I'm curious where this show is going to go. The first season, though, was Dynamite, and it's, yeah, it's one of the best new shows to come out in many years. Yeah, well, we kind of want to rewatch it. Like, I just remember it just being, like, just great episode after episode. And plus, like I said, the soundtrack's really good. Like, some of those songs are on my um, gym workout uh, playlist, so pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, uh, old Peacemaker's got a, got a love for, like, 80s and 90s early metal and stuff like yeah. that, and there is some 
bangers playing throughout the, uh, I think, what was it, 10 episodes? I think was it was it 10, 10 episodes, episodes or so. Yeah. Feels I about right. I think I was kind of sad by the time when I found out it was over. So Yeah, but it's so good. And, yeah, more of that. Like, if that's what the DC universe is going to consist of, stuff like that, like with that type of tone, I'm all in. Let's go. It's so funny, isn't it? Like, um, I still stand by the statement that if DC wants to do well, they should just keep focusing on, like, the villains. Like, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad has done incredibly well. Harley Quinn, as a character in general, has just done incredibly well from the movies and then obviously her animated series. And then we have Peacemaker here that was just phenomenal and everyone loved it. Like, you know, like, he's not necessarily a villain, but you know what I mean. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I I just... Let's let's see more of this. Let's, let's dive into more characters with wacky backgrounds and stuff and find out what why they are completely agree and like we mentioned it's not on our respective lists for the tv shows piece but obviously the third season of harley quinn the animated show that you just mentioned came out too Mm -hmm. i don't think it was as strong overall as the first two seasons i still Mm -hmm. really enjoyed it but i don't think it was as strong as the first two but that that series as a whole is really great like it is also showing what dc can do if they Worry less about trying to cater to the little kitties. And yeah. like you said, lean into the, the villains, the anti-heroes, and more of the mature content. That's where their sweet spot is. And, and this show is so good. So, yeah, that's available. I think all three seasons are now on binge here in Australia. So, um, yeah, check that out if you haven't already because it's great. Yeah. Um, also, I was surprised to see this one's on your list either. Um, the Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah, I facepalmed when I saw that too. And I'm like, how did I forget that? But I'm like, I figured I'll talk about it with you anyway, because this is also one of the surprise hits of the year for many, many a person. Like there's so many non-soccer or football fans that we know collectively that could not give a rat's about soccer or football, but they are so invested in Wrexham due to this show and due to what Rob and Ryan have brought to Disney Plus with this documentary about them buying this, this struggling football club. And it's so good. I it can't is. wait for more. It's, it's so, it's so like, it's so wholesome and full of heart. And I never saw myself like being really like attached or concerned or invested in a soccer slash football team. Um, but what they've done in directing this little documentary and how they did the episodes and how they structured everything. And then obviously having people as charismatic as Ryan Reynolds in there, like with narration and such, like... It, it was it's just been so well done and yeah I, I just want to know more I want to see how they go in the new next season and um it was that one was a bit of a surprise I didn't think I was going to love it as much as I did so yeah made me laugh made me cry made me feel all the emotions I'm I'm so invested in this lowly little football club now like I I still don't watch any current games or like keep up to the score because I like the the unknown of knowing that I could go into season two and have like a full roller coaster ride instead of watching going oh i know that they don't actually win this or they get relegated or whatever happens so Mm -hmm. i'm still sort of distancing myself from the actual real world scores that are happening today but yeah i can't wait for it because it's just such an unusual story but i am there every step of the way yeah it was great uh the legend of vox machina I left this um, off my list too because I'm an idiot, but I'm completely with you. So, like, I'm also going to kind of just throw this overall into TV shows because there's nowhere else for me to put it. I went on a massive critical royal binge, and I am now up to date with everything. 
I've watched all their stuff. Um, and so now um, I'm fully like fully up to date. And now I got to find a D and D show to watch. Uh, people saying Dimension Twenty, so I'll probably go there. But I just wanted to give Critical Role credit because I've God knows how many hours it was. Um, like a hundred. I just finished their second campaign, which was 141 episodes, and each Jesus. episode usually goes for about four hours. So um, maybe yeah. a thousand plus hours. You probably yeah, watched. It'd have to be yeah. But like I also finished the uh, started and finished their first campaign as well, and now I'll just have to keep weekly updating on their third camp current third campaign. So, um, but yeah, they well released. Done. They released their own animated series based on the first campaign, The Legend of Vox Machina, and um, it was brilliant. It was great. I, I was really, really worried for them, um, you know, releasing their own animated series based on characters and stories that they created themselves. Um, but uh, like from what I've seen, just like people who are not even fans of the, you know, tabletop community or anything like that, like they enjoyed it genuinely themselves. So... Um, we'll be getting the second season this January, uh, January next year. Um, so we're looking forward to that arc of the story, but, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed everything about Legend of Vox Machina, the design, how they condensed their story and how they told it. And I just want to see more and more and more of their stories animated. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't have any, any real attachment to, Critical Role still, it's something that I know I need to jump into eventually, but the the Legend of Vox Machina was a nice um, entry into that world for me. And yeah, I loved that series. Another banger on Prime Video. Uh, really, really well written, well animated, well voiced as well. Yes. And the, the story and the arc that it goes on from both a, a broad and then an arrow lens with characters is, is really great. It's, it's funny. It's heartwarming. It's sad. It's horrific. It's crude. It's crass, all those types of words. And it's so good. And yeah, I can't believe the second season's coming out next month. Yeah. Well, I mean, this one, uh, I think it came out at like January, February this year. So we've been waiting essentially a year, a year for second season to kind of uh, roll through. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just, it's just so brilliant. Like the best way to describe it is like Saturday morning cartoons that you grew up with, but it's for your it's for you now for your age group. Like it's for for adults or you know a, a more mature audience. So, um, and they've just done it brilliantly. Yeah, no, I'm completely in lockstep with you there. And then the last one is also an absolute banger. I got onto <sighs> this one because of you and your praise. Yeah, um, our flag means death. Um, just I I was getting like random ads for it and like seeing like Ristavi in this like like dapper young gentleman's outfit being on a pirate ship and wanting to be a pirate captain and um this weird ragtag group of pirates who've gone under his command and him trying to like figure it all out and then like <laughs> it's just I never expected this wacky tale to be so full of heart and love and understanding and there's just a lot of themes throughout it that they I think they handle really, really well without kind of making it a big deal, if, if that makes sense. And um, it was such a lighthearted series that I'm looking forward to the second series, um, which I think they've already been greenlit for. It it was such a surprise. It's such a such a sweet little 
little series based on pirates and, you know, um, chasing things that you think you want and then maybe realizing ain't exactly what you thought it was going to be and being your mm. true self and what, what, you know, who you think you really are and everything that kind of like lies beneath. So it was such a, it was, it was a great surprise and I definitely recommend it. It, it was so great. And, and like Taika, Reese and, and the broader cast and writing crew involved, it's just, it's, it's more of that good stuff. If, if you like anything that Taika's done, it, it's got, you know, similar, similar writing style, similar tones yeah. and, and, and pacing. So, um, you know, another show that was also great, we got another season of this year, was what we do in The Shadows. Of course. Uh, this season was, was great. It just, that show just keeps going from strength to strength and it's just phenomenal. Um, a couple that I'll quickly mention as well, Andor. This was a pleasant surprise for me. Like, like I'm a big Star Wars fan, but like, this is very un-Star Wars is the easiest way to describe it. Like, yeah, it's, it leans more into spy spy warfare and espionage and stuff. There's not a lightsaber in sight. There's not a Skywalker in sight, which I'm all for. And it's some of the best Star Wars they've ever made, in my opinion. It is an absolute tour de force. Uh, it, it starts slow. Like anyone that's yet to experience it, the first few episodes are pretty dense as far as character introductions and, and revealing and explaining motives and, and how the story is going to play out. But after those first two episodes, it just sets out on a great pace and has some of the best television you'll just about ever, ever see from that Star Wars world. So Andor, really good. Looking forward to the second season whenever that drops. We've obviously got the prequel uh, from the Game of Thrones universe with uh, House of the Dragon, sort of seeing what happened with the downfall with the Targaryens and what have you. Um, I need to watch that. No, anyone that's a fan of Game of Thrones will be a big fan of House of the Dragon. It's got all those same things you love, the debauchery, the nudity, the violence, the sex, the incest, all that kind of stuff the that dragons. Thrones fans turn up for. The dragons, yep, <laughs> lots of dragons. So many dragons in House of the Dragon, obviously with the name there, but um, really, really good, very well written, very well acted. Uh, they could probably use uh, a couple of little brightness bump ups in certain scenes because there's a lot of dark a lot of uh, monotone and yeah dark textures and shades that can make it sort of hard to see what's going on in in darkly lit lounge rooms but hides the cg it does hide the cg and on that cg side uh you know it's funny because these sort of came out and we're releasing in parallel with one another uh we're talking about another high fantasy show on to shout out and that's lord of the rings the rings of power so power was dropping on the fridays house of the dragon was dropping on the mondays here for australia and seeing the, the tonal shift going from gore and violence and incest to, you know, lighter versions of that, I guess you could say, in the, the Lord of the Rings world. But also seeing, like, on that CG talk where, you know, Game of Thrones, Rings of Power, they both look great, but Rings of Power, like, you could see that multi-billion dollar budget well in use there because it's one of the prettiest things you'll ever see on screen. Like, it is stunning, stunning, stunning. And getting the the story laid out for us as far as what happened many, 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 many years before the Lord of the Rings trilogy and, and the Hobbit trilogy and seeing sort of, I guess, how Sauron came to be and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really cool. And I can't wait for more of this. Obviously, they've, they've shot two seasons. The second season's coming out next year and they've got plans for multiple, but I don't know if they will see it through because it's costing them so much goddamn money. Yeah. But I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It's also got some really great... Um, big epic warfare moments and you know big battle scenes like you used to from lord of the rings you still haven't watched any rings of power yet have you i watched like the first episode and got bored with it so i won't be oh. going back 
You gotta. No, I don't this care is. about. I really don't care about Lord of the Rings. It's, okay. the, it's the one I don't care about. Okay, that's fair then. That's fair. And the last one I wanted to shout out is She-Hulk: Attorney at Law. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very unmarvel. Like we, I know we said that earlier with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but this is very unmarvel in the fact that it's a you know a serialized law. Uh, comedy show where there's fourth walls constantly getting broken Broken, and monologues getting exchanged with the audience and you know jennifer walters who plays who is she hulk uh really really great love the tone love the quirkiness and the uniqueness of this show the finale eh, it could have been better but leading up to that fantastic and there's some really really cool moments and characters they introduce or interact with that has me excited for where this could go because i could watch this show for decades like if this was just its own serialized standalone thing where it's weaving in b-part superheroes and villains with you know jen trying to struggle as a as an attorney while also being she hulk i was all for it like i love that it was real and relatable in a way kind of weird to say when it's about you know a, a woman that has she hulk abilities but um i was all for it tatiana maslany who played Jen Walters was really great in that role and it was yeah funny and heartfelt and sad and real and I could not get enough of She-Hulk. What was your Oh, have you finished it all now? You've watched it all, right? Yeah, I watched I watched it all um bedridden. Um but yeah, it, that, that was definitely one of those ones where I had to kind of get past the first few episodes and get over that and realize exactly what they were doing with the overall tone of the show and understanding that they actually were being true to the comics and that would technically be something that I would appreciate. So giving it an actual chance and continuing on, I thought it was good. It was a very good, Mm. lighthearted series. I agree. I agree. So I hope we get more. I really do because I loved that world they built out and the concept itself, I think it's it's very quirky, very memorable. But um, yeah, I, w- I was all in on that one. All right. Something that I'm also all in on is the next favorite thing subset. And we're going to talk about our favorite things we've watched from an anime perspective. And I could just cheat and say everything. I love all of the anime. Uh, I cannot get enough. I consume series like I'm eating bowls of cereal at the moment. Like I cannot stop. I have a genuine problem. But Miss Hart, did you want to yeah, send just, a few of your anime wrecks? <laughs> I'll just go through my very extensive list. <laughs> um, I I'll just like run down. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen was a shocker for me. I my husband put it on, and I was very invested in it. And I still need to finish it, but I re- I I liked the tone. I liked the overall vibe of it, so it was pretty good. Um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners was pretty good. I, I actually really enjoyed the overall style of that and the overall vibe. Um, I, I'm I'm getting an itch to go back to cyberpunk and then obviously new content that we've heard about. So I'll probably be going back very soon. Idris Alba's in the new DLC oh, now. Oh, I hope he's romanceable. <laughs> so cyberpunk Edge Runners was a pleasant surprise. I honestly wasn't um, anticipating it being as good as it was and obviously well received as it was. So, you know, props to them. Um, and then, as I've recently mentioned in recent episodes, um, Doro Hidoro. Um, absolutely. You finished it now? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm, I'm like an <gasps> episode away. I like. I got. I was like binge watching, and then like I everything kind of my world fell apart. Um, 
but uh, it's brilliant. I love it. I can't believe something like this has been so far away from my um, my eyes and my viewership. So um, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I'm everything about it. I've already started like looking for merch for it. I'm looking for stickers for my water bottle and just so I can kind of project out there how much I loved this anime series. It was I've never like witnessed an anime that is very much my vibe. So. It's good to know, like, it is a great watch and I'm happy that it's sort of hooked you the way it has because, yeah, there, there's a lot of very alley anime or TV series or movies out there, but, yeah, this one certainly has sunk its reptilian claws into you, you oh, could yeah. say, and it, it's so great. I'm with you, like, Cyberpunk. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, hopefully no mushrooms grow on your person soon, though. That would be not good. Uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, yeah, I'm with you. Like, it's, it's a pleasant surprise. I... Had the bug bit bite me afterwards as well, and I jumped straight back into Cyberpunk 2077 and played a bit more and, and mucked around with some of the DLC and, and missions that they've sort of weaved in off the back of Edge Runners. And seeing some of those nods and characters getting referenced was awesome. It was great. Like Netflix has got some real powerhouse anime on there these days, and another one like in a completely different style of powerhouse that i watched on netflix which i was a little bit late to the party it's called uh commie can't communicate it is the cutest fucking thing i've ever seen in my life just about like okay it's about like so it's it's um like it's set in a you know japanese high school and there's like this gorgeous girl who's like you know the most pretty prettiest thing you've ever seen but she's got severe bouts of social anxiety and she can't talk to anybody so anyone that tries to talk to her, she freaks out, doesn't know how to communicate. So she befriends this Sounds this like one boy in class and, you know, they start writing through notes to interact with each other and her goal by the end of high school is to make 100 friends. And so he's helping her try and befriend people but then it's like they're all like trying to talk to her and she can't and she freaks out and she has all these moments. But it, it's super cute, super heartfelt and I binged all this in the span of like a day because... I chucked it on and just could not get enough. And oh my God, it is so cute. <laughs> and it's something I think you might might vibe with. I think like it's completely different tonally to a Doro Hidoro. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> but it's just cute and relatable and grounded. And it was just the best. Uh, Chainsaw Man is ongoing at the moment. We're at um, episode nine of the anime. I know you've sort of fallen off the chainsaw wagon. Yeah. But hopefully you come back to it because I'm loving everything about this show. Uh, the tone, the violence, the the demons and the all kinds of creepy crawlers that they're fighting and dealing with on the daily. The comedy, yes, there is a there is a lot of just wanting to grab boob in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is a bit sleazy in that way. But the but the lead character, he's only a sixteen year old boy who's never kissed a girl, never interacted with a girl. So he's you know, I just think to be young and horny at sixteen, that's probably how a lot of us would carry on. Um, other ones Love After World Domination came out mentioned mm-hmm. this a few times over the year it's a anime that is you know the easiest way to say it's like anime Power Rangers but think of one of the Power Rangers falling in love with one of the villains from Rita Repulse's crew so they're dealing with that romance while also trying to I guess um, keep up with their, their image as far as being a super villain and a superhero so it's cute it's it's whimsical it's fantastic uh, the Quintessential Quintuplets is another one I want to mention. Oh, my That's God. That's a recent um, one, isn't it? It is a recent one, and, and the film's out at the moment. I'm hopefully going to go see that tomorrow. I tried to last weekend, but it didn't happen. And it's about 
um, this this young guy at school who's who's trying to um, what would like tutor these five quintuplet sisters and you know trying to to get them get their grades up because if if they fail they're going to get kicked out of this school so it's working with that but then over time they all sort of progressively start catching feelings for this guy and he ends up marrying one of them but you don't know which one so it's sort of like who's he going to end up with so there's like a lot of uh you know breadcrumbs and misdirects going on but super fun super heartfelt uh, Rent a Girlfriend is another one. Great name. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, you know, great tone. Lonely, lonely co- university student gets broken up from by his first girlfriend, the love of his life. After like a month, he's devastated. So, to try and make her jealous, he finds this like rental girlfriend advertisement online. Starts going on in air quotes dates with like a, a rental girlfriend. Starts to catch feelings for her, and then you know hijinks ensue from there. It's it's great. Spy Family, just about one of the biggest anime on the planet these days. Everyone, everywhere. But like, it's great. Like, it's you know throwback. You know, pseudo Europe espionage, spy family trying to infiltrate this this sort of European power family. So they bring this fake family together as far as a spy. He then gets a fake wife who he doesn't know is actually an assassin by trade. And then their daughter Anya can actually read minds. So like they all have their own stories, but they don't know that they're actually, you know, not who they seem to be. But obviously Anya knows everything because she can read her mum and dad's minds. And it's just cute. It's funny. It's adorable. It's great. The other one, I got to thank you for this because you brought this one to the table way back when. Your boy Kong Ming, which you still haven't watched. I still anymore, haven't right? watched it. Like I'm the one that like found like the snippets and the intro music. I was like, you have to, you have to see this. This looks great. And I'm, I'm still the one that hasn't watched it. Yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with this anime. Like, um, the first season, twelve episodes, done and dusted. The, the twelfth episode actually dropped in subversion today. So I've, oh. I've watched it through, um, oh, in dubbed version. Sorry, I've watched it through sub twice already, and I've watched the dub all the way up until now. So I'm very intimate with Aiko and Kong Ming and the crew, but it's just so fun. You know, the concept of like a a Chinese military tactician from like the eighth century or whatever it was getting teleported to present time, hearing Aiko sing a song and then sort of saying, I'm going to be your strategist to make you the, the biggest pop star in the world and managing her through all this stuff is just so great. It's funny. It's heartfelt. The animation style is great. The soundtrack fucking bangs. I, bet I play this soundtrack so much. Like my Spotify wrapped when I look <laughs> at it now, half of it is songs from your boy Kong Ming. Like, and I have no regrets. It's great. And then the last one I wanted to mention, um, this one shattered me into a million pieces. There's another one I binged all 24 episodes in a singular day and it's called Your Line April. Uh, I've got all the manga um, in front of me or over there all 11 all 11 books in the manga series and yeah I was not emotionally prepared for this one like I cried for hours watching this happy tears sad tears and by the time I got to bed my eyes were on fire and dried up and crusty and gross but it's beautiful it's about two two high school kids sort of uh, you know developing a friendship over over their love for music and obviously there's some other things that play out in the background that add more emotional depth and stakes to the show but it's so great and the theme song is all was also heavily in my um spotify wrapped by um yeah a band called goose house and the song's called milk it's just a fucking banger i couldn't tell you a word that they sing but like 
The beat is fantastic. Sorry, I'm really like gonna go off. What was the anime that has that Daddy Daddy Do song that I got randomly recommended while I was playing like oh. Destiny or Overwatch? And I'm like, this song is amazing, but it's an anime intro. Oh, was that the? Oh, and it's not even on my list. Was that on? Um, like fam- Mother's War. That's it. That's that's yeah. yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Also fantastic. Like, there's a million other anime I could mention here, and I've actually been putting together like a live share document as far as anime that I'm getting real deep into because there's so many things like I'm trying to work out how much anime I watched this year and the short version is an awful lot but the long version is it'll be available in a document that you can peruse at your own time um, in the near future but yeah so much good stuff so much good stuff Crunchyroll I love you so much something else that we love so much obviously characters from film from TV from games from anime Mm. Miss Hart, who were your favourite characters that you experienced in 2022? Okay, first off, we're starting off with Vigilante from Peacemaker. What a wonderfully wacky, complex character. (laughs) Um, I just adored him and his, like, thought process and his um, awkward friendship he has with Peacemaker and then also his um, views on violence and then being a hero and who's the bad guy, who's the good guy and what qualifies that and then him just going absolute like like crazy. Like he had ability, he he could actually go like, you know, he could fight pretty decently. So um, I just adored that character and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing like what becomes of him in the next season too. So um, I also just love how like how nicely put together the actor actually is like Adrian Chase. Just I think he's British too. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah so um, it was just interesting to see that contrast, which is always good to see too, because you're like, oh, you are a really good actor because I was, I was I fully believed this. So, um, yeah. So Vigilante gets one of my points. Um, of character of the year for me. Um, my second one is um, White Death in Bullet Train. So obviously a lot of you are not going to know who this character is and I can't actually, because of it, I can't really go into too much detail about this character. I don't, I'm not actually going to say who the actor is because I feel like that reveal is also um, pretty... It's a big um, reveal. Yeah, pretty <laughs> prominent. So, um, but... Uh, a character throughout the story, as you're watching the movie, um, you, there's a lot of illusion, a lot of like uh, discussion about this infamous like mob boss cross yakuza uh, member kind of um, character, and there's a lot of mystery that um, finally gets resolved at the end, and it's a, it's a great it's a great reveal and definitely not expected. So, um, yeah, White Death is one of my favorite characters of this year. For sure. Um, the Penguin in the Batman. Um, Colin Farrell. Nailed it, didn't he? Incredible. It. Incredible. Um, when, like, I'm, I, I'm sure I was a doubter when I first heard that he was going to play um, the Penguin. I, I, I assume I was because I'm usually pretty negative. Um, <laughs> especially when it comes to Batman stuff. Um, but... I just could not believe how incredibly well he did with this character and how he encapsulated a lot of stuff that made the penguin the penguin, but also added like his own vibe to it as well. Like he, he just became this character and he played it well and then obviously established himself enough that he's getting his own 
um is it a series TV yeah, yeah he's getting yeah. a series so sick yeah so um and obviously like i always say a big fan of the batman villains so to see it executed so well it always gives me a little bit more hope in the franchise saying like yes you can do it you can do things well please keep doing it um and look, use this as a reference so yeah that's to colin farrell as uh, the penguin um uh my other character is how do you noi that's I, how i i pronounce it yeah noi. yeah i the problem i so um doro hidoro uh, noi is this um uh character who is this big strong female character who um when you first kind of see this character everyone thinks it's a, a guy because of how big and muscular and tough um she is but, but then um underneath this like you know menacing mask and physique is this um incredibly gorgeous you know female character who is strong and 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 respects her mutuals and like like levels of like combat and um strength and everything like that and it was just so great to see a character like this and then I obviously made the joke online that I now have a goal a fitness goal um which will be I don't know how I'm going to grow to I think she's like 8 foot I yeah, think they the, said the that height's going to be tough. <laughs> I don't know. I'll get some stilts, but, you know, the strength factor is uh, definitely there. So she's a big, like a big inspiration on uh, the, the gains for me now. And um, my last favorite character is Sabathon um, from Destiny 2. Uh, Deborah, Deborah Wilson, I think, from um, Mad TV is, I think, one thing she was in, I believe. But she's also done a lot of voice work. She was in the Jedi game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, in Jedi Fallen Order? Uh, yeah, I think that was the one. Um, but yeah, either way, um, the character in general, uh, menacing, complex, very um, very strong motives, but um, just an incredible character that was introduced to the Destiny franchise where we have a lot of these big bads, um, but this character, like Zavathun, just stood out on her own, especially with what they were establishing in the universe of a bigger evil. Um, but um, this character just w- was her own, and um, they obviously made an entire DLC to you know follow her story, which was an incredible story. And um, I had Zavathun as like my wallpaper and stuff like that, just because I I loved the way that they've designed her. I loved her evolution. I loved her storytelling that was in um, her campaign. And um, yeah, just a just an overall great um, another great female character um, to kind of follow. So those were my Excellent favorite list. characters. Are you uh, excited for for future? Destiny 2 content dropping in uh, February after the little teaser trailer that they showcased at the Game Awards yesterday. So much stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I like the environment. I like this, like, uh, like neon synthwave cyber kind of universe that yeah. they've kind of established. So it should be interesting. I hope it's good. Yeah, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. wonder if Bill Clinton makes a cameo in that game or not. We'll find out. That's... Uh... So bizarre. I, I love that some little kid somehow got on stage and shouted out Bill Clinton and then a whole host of other things. But uh, yeah, Game Awards. Came and went. Boy, did it. Was it a time. Um, 
my favorite characters. I'm just going to blanket statement this first one and say all of my anime waifus. I love you all uh, for a whole host of reasons. You've uh, pulled me through this year, kicking and screaming. You've made me laugh. You've made me cry. You've made me smile. You've made me scream. All those things. So uh, I thank you for my endless amounts of instant crushes on a whole host of anime girls. Uh, you're the best. Also, I wanted to shout out Odin from God of War Ragnarok. Oh, okay. Richard Schiff is not only doing the voice work, but also lending his likeness to the character. So it was very un... I guess what we've come to come to be used to with, with a lot of these gods. Like, he wasn't this giant, imposing, muscle-bound thing with, with long hair. He was a meek little mafioso-looking mob boss and used more of his, his wit as opposed to his That's powers and skills. Uh, you, you see him right off the jump. You see him, like, in the first half an hour of, of the game. So I guess... Lukewarm spoiler, okay. but um, yeah, his his portrayal of, of Odin was really great. I loved it. I love a lot of the characters from from God of War Ragnarok, but yeah, I, I definitely say Odin sort of stands there near the top because yeah, Richard Schiff he he just plays that Weasley little son of a bitch type of role really well and um, fits right into that. Uh, Jen Walters, aka She Hulk, like mentioned mentioned the show earlier, just just loved the the realness and the vulnerability of that character the relatability of that character as well um anya from spy family love her like you know child child roles in film tv movies can always be hit and miss and obviously this is animated so that you know can sort of lessen the the lack of acting chops but the voice work and just the tone and the emotion this this kid shows in every single episode like this she carries the show and like her little inner monologues and trying to trying to not only she wants to become a spy like her dad or she enamors that her mum's this crazy assassin or she's trying to win over the kids at school or just the love she's got for their family dog and all this stuff like I'm, I'm all for it and the crazy little emotions and emotes that she conveys through the manga and through the through the show is, is fantastic and the other one um, is Amicia from A Plague Tale Requiem uh, talked about her in great lengths on our spoiler cast. You can check out on this Hungry Gamers RSS feed. But she's one of my favorite characters in video games, not only from this year, but many, many years prior. Like seeing her ride this wave of emotion and, and dealing with, with loss and trauma and second guessing herself and seeing how fragile she's like you know she's she's a girl in her teenage years trying to keep her brother alive but also killing people to save her and her brother and then trying to justify that and just constantly trying to find this energy to move forward to keep things going it's it's really really emotional that game and seeing her portrayal in the game and the voice work that accompanies it is mm, some of the best you'll see in video games. So that's that's my list as far as favourite characters for 2022 that I've experienced. And I guess being the hungry gamers, we should probably end on our favourite things that we've played in 2022. So these games, looking at our lists, I think, you know, like we could asterisk Fortnite to a degree, but no build did come out this year. So. Yeah, that, that that was my technicality. <laughs> it was like technically that came out this year. So. Yeah, but everything else on this list is all 2022 releases. Oh, uh, sorry, I lie. Final Fantasy VII remake is on my list as well. 
that came out a couple of years ago, but I only got to experience it this year. But Miss Hart, let's let's jump into the games that we've played and loved and that have become our favourite things of 2022. Let's go. Let's go. Number one on my list, Scorn. Well, it's not like the best one I've played, but it's the first one I've brought up is Scorn. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am so happy that mine I first discovered that like first got a whiff of scorn, which is a disgusting term to use now a because whiff. of the game. Um, I I was so excited. I was absolutely ecstatic. I'm like, this is this is my jam. This is totally going to be my thing. And then it kept on getting delayed and more delays. And then we just didn't hear anything about it for like almost a year. Um, and then it finally got its release and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was brilliant. It was atmospheric. It was grotesque it was brilliant um very very happy with it realized it's not for everyone i'm glad it got some kind of nod at the game awards and um yeah it was it didn't let me down i was very very happy with scorn yeah it was um squelchy and creepy in all the best ways Mm -hmm. like you know we we gushed over over this game when we sort of got our hands on it and sort of gave our thoughts spoiler free on previous episodes of thd that you can check out but yeah it's it's a unique game. It's not for everybody. No. But anyone that does like a little bit, you know, left of center, a little bit of an unsettling experience, a little bit uh, creepy, anyone that loves HR Geiger or Alien, you know, easy mm-hmm. lazy comps, but that's what this is in a nutshell and it's it's very memorable in a whole host of ways you'll probably never experience in gaming. Exactly right. Um, so squelchy. So squelchy. So fleshy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was going to say bulbous. Um, that works. There's a lot of bulbousness. Oh, boy. Not if that's a word, but it is now. There's a lot of bulbousness in uh, Scorn. <laughs> On a lighter note, kind of. Um, <laughs> kind of. Uh, Cold of the Lamb. There's a lot less dicks and bulbousness in Cold of the Lamb, that's for sure. But the themes can be pretty horrific. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the themes are a little, 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 little intense, but um, it's such a cute little game. So cute. Such a cute little game about evil and cults and sacrifice and all that kind of business. Um, I'm also glad that it kind of got some acknowledgement. It got some nods, got some news time um, for for the game. So I'm um, proud of it being a little Aussie, little little yeah, massive Aussie, monster, Aussie little gem. small studio based in in sunny Victoria. Obviously, they've got some other members of that team. I think in the UK, if I remember correct, as well. But like. I'm bummed that Stray won Indie Game of the Year instead of Cult of the Lamb. That's one thing that irked me yesterday, the Game Awards. Stray was fine, but Cult of the Lamb was far better, in my opinion. Yeah, don't get me started. Immortality is far better than Stray as well. Tell me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we're not talking about the Game Awards. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, but Cult of the Lamb, it was so great. Like, it was cute it was creepy i like that there was like a farm slash building sim element and then obviously you had the dungeon crawler mechanic in there too so you're getting sort of two games at once then there's a like a a card game in there that tied into stuff as well so there was you know multiple different things you could do in this game and i didn't know that i'd get so emotionally connected to some of my cult members and they obviously they die of old age because there's a like an aging mechanic and seeing these loyal cultists that you've had with you for for a good long time keel over and die and then it's like what do i do do i respectfully bury them nicely do i turn them into manure so i can keep my crops going what do i do here but it is so cute and so whimsical but also like creepy and i love that it sort of 
dance that line pretty effortlessly. Yeah, you learn very quickly not to name the characters after people you care about. Um, yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, great game. Um, another one that came just completely like left of field, totally my thing, uh, Metal Hellsinger. Yeah, buddy. Brilliant fucking game. Rhythm game that had metal and was like based in escaping hell. Um, yeah, brilliant. Um, Doom vibes. Um, with an incredible, incredible well, to us, incredible soundtrack. Um, I, I just, I really respect the level of, um, like uh, the the reach of artists that they got involved in this. Um, because they could have just done their own track. I'm sure they could have just, yeah. you know, done their own kind of metal um, soundtrack. But they had these incredibly talented people in the metal scene get involved, collaborate. And um, create some pretty epic fucking background music for this game. Um, I'm so happy that I enjoyed it for what I did. It was challenging at times. I, I had some, I had some struggle moments. So, um, but yeah, just a killer game. I'm sad it didn't get soundtrack, but whatever. Um, but yeah, um, if you're a metalhead, I, I even if you've got no rhythm, um, give it That's a go. Me. Or you know what? I think you just go listen to the soundtrack. You know, it's available, I think, online. I think, I think it's on Spotify, have... right? I think they've I think made so. a Metal Hellsinger soundtrack on Spotify there. So, um, a playlist. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, and if and if you're not metal inclined, obviously, if you're on PC, there's mod packs where you can do, like we mentioned on an earlier potty, they've got um, a K-pop version, they've got jazz, they've got all kinds of different musical genres that you could remove that metal component out and drop these in and, and play play this rhythm-based shooter and melee game to your heart's content. So uh, there's a genre for everybody. Damn right. Nothing like K-pop in hell. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Do I know what they're singing? No, but is it a catchy beat? You're goddamn right. Damn right. The next one you got mentioned earlier, it's on my list as well, Immortality. The uh, FMV hit that sort of came out of... what. It came out of nowhere to a degree. Like, I don't think we really heard much about it until maybe two months or so before it dropped. I think it was sort of a bit of a stealthy release in that regard. But damn, did it impact. Yeah, like, like I'm always for FMV, so I always kind of keep my eye on them. I The benefit of being on Game Pass, so um, a lot of people that maybe wouldn't have given it a try... Um, you know, trying and trying it out. And um, I just thought it was incredible how they designed the game and the concept of navigating um, this story through films and, and clips and, and clips of the future, like movies of the future and the past and the present and, and, and then rewinding, editing, going back and forth and clicking into details within the scenes and such. I just, I thought it was such a brilliant way to um, go th- discover this story and then obviously discover the story in your own way because everyone kind of had a bit of a different experience. So um, I just thought it was great and really well done. Very, very special game. Very special. Very, very unique. Very unlike things that I've played in a good long while. Like Sam Barlow, who, who helmed this, is a bit of an FMV savant mm. and... I think Immortality is is one of the better games I've played in 2022. That's for sure. Like it's it should be on many people's sort of game of the year lists, uh, and and well worth some time. It's on Game Pass as well. So um, if you're wanting to still play it and save yourself some money, if you're a Game Pass user, uh, get on it. If you're not a Game Pass user, why the bloody hell not? But uh, it's so good, and 
I still need to jump on on the internet and see if someone's actually finally put together the supercuts of the three movies that you can sort of watch in their entireties, that you get to sort of canvas in the game itself to work out what's happened um, as far as the story as a whole. But I loved it. Like, this game blew me away. We've got a spoiler cast on this feed as well that you can peek um, after you're done listening to this episode if you want to get a little bit more deep and diving on immortality. But yeah, it is a game that is going to stay with me for a while. Mm. Um, so good. Uh, another game um, uh, based on story and kind of picking your picking your own adventure, choosing your own adventure a little bit. I wouldn't say it's completely like that, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, choice and customization. Uh, Pentiment. Um, I seeing this trailer a year or so back, I thought it was such a quirky, quirky looking game concept, and um, you know, having attachments to um, obsidian. I'm like, what is this? What is this? What is this game? And then once again, Game Pass. Um, so no risk in trying it out. And I just, I was absorbed. I was just so into the story and into these characters and how everything was designed and learning like about historical events and terminology as well. And this, um, the details on how much, uh, both like church impacted society on such a great, great length. Um, so a Pentiment was definitely a surprising one for me for how much I actually really, really, really got into it and enjoyed it. So I'm excited. I still haven't played a lick of Pentiment, but that's going to be one of my holiday games I'm going to work through. And I'm so excited because not only the positive reviews, but you know, the positive talk that you've shared on the potty here about it. And yeah, I remember when it sort of popped up on one of the Xbox or Microsoft showcases and we were like, what is this? Like, this looks like something we're going to vibe with a bit of a throwback point and click with some interesting humor and tone. And yeah, I'm very excited to see what Obsidian have done because uh, yeah, it looks like it's a very special game because it's reviewed insanely well. Like I've seen tens and stuff like that thrown around on this. Yeah. I'm going to say maybe it's probably not going to be for everyone, but um, Mm -hmm. it like it, it is enjoyable for a person that maybe likes to, kind of go into like story a little bit more with a tiny bit of customization or change that you can kind of have with small options of change you know me i'm horny for story so i'm horny very for excited story. for pentiment um yeah we talked about Fortnite no build um God, the- it's so good it's so good the bug has bit us miss hart we are Fortnite. <laughs> through and through now it's crazy like you know i would really love to get a time machine to go back and go back to like past like ali and brendan on the podcast and be like guys you will not believe it you guys are going to get really into fucking Fortnite, and we would say you are a liar get out of here yeah. i'd slap myself I, yeah I'd slap future me and say yeah be gone yeah you I'd, idiot i'd give mine a stern talking to but um here we are uh they got they created no build mode so we dipped our toes in and lordy lordy we have fallen into that pool and not gotten out yeah and never left we're just pruny like we're we're two giant pruny individuals now uh it's not pretty like trying to do your shoelaces up with extremely pruny fingers or just anything in general is not a good time Mm. um but yeah fortnite no build is 
Yeah, a game like you said, I never expected us to to jump into and embrace the way we have. I'm, I'm playing it just about every day or every other day for a little bit here and there with with the various members of, of you know the the eight bit nation or friends and family, and it's it's so good, and it's just the perfect melting pot of a game that's got you know it's got a degree of difficulty, but it's accessible. Mm-hmm. And then you're throwing over the top the the meme ability of the game, the pop culture melting pot that it is where you're getting all these skins from a whole host of universes all coming together to, to emote on each other and then blow each other up with a shotgun or swing a big hammer, which, fuck the hammers, by the way. Yes. Fuck the hammers. Go away, please, very quickly. But I love this game. It's just comfort food for me at the moment. Same, yeah. It's, it's one of the more relaxing relaxing uh first person shooters out there yeah i feel um speaking of relaxing bear and breakfast yeah um it was just a cute little cozy game about a little bear starting his own little bed and breakfast business and the tales around that and how the how the environment is being affected or impacted by tourism and such and um, what, what good it does and what bad it does. And um, yeah, it, was just, it was just a cute little cosy game. It was exactly what I was thinking it was going to be. Um, and then my last edition is uh, Destiny, the Witch Queen DLC, as I previously mentioned. A brilliant, uh, brilliant story, a brilliant campaign attached with incredible cast and a, a great story to move forward um, in the Destiny universe. So um, it, it led on to even greater things and more incredible um, story. And, um, yeah, I was very, very happy with the Witch Queen. Probably one of the better DLCs that um, they've kind of dropped in more recent times i still haven't finished it that's i'll fair. go back eventually but i haven't finished it that's fair i think i think because i stupidly picked the the hardcore difficulty and then tried to solo the missions yeah, i got through the rough. first one and then the second one i'm like fuck this it's too hard for me i'm out so i parked it yeah <laughs> that's a little rough but something something that i did not park which i have finished and i enjoyed as much as, as the internet is sort of uh poking angrily with at this game with sticks at the moment. The Callisto Protocol, mm-hmm. obviously this is a game we've been very excited for and hyped about since it was announced, uh, done by Striking Distance Studios. Uh, you're playing the, the role of Jacob Lee, who's a, you know, a, tra- a freight transporter in the very near future set out in space. And, you know, the, the Dead Space homage and nods, it's, it's rampant through this thing. It feels like yeah. this could be a spin-off from Dead Space. Like Glenn Schofield, who directed this game, who created Dead Space, um, you know, he took a lot of liberties from Dead Space in this in a lot of good ways, don't get me wrong. But yeah, the, the reviews, I was surprised to, to see yeah. how varied they were. Like, like um, it's not a 10 out of 10 game, don't get me wrong. I would not score it like that. I'd score it probably... A seven and a half to eight, just from my personal experience with it. I had a lot of fun with it. I liked the gore. I liked the creatures, the story. Um, I didn't even know, like, until I started playing the game, that Josh Duhamel lent his voice and likeness to the game. Oh, I didn't really? know he was the lead. No, I, I don't know how I missed that until I booted up. I'm like, um, what? What are you doing here? I didn't even know. I don't know how you missed that. I thought yeah, it was like I'm a very dumb. key selling point for some people. I'm just dumb. But, like, it's it's a tight focus story like it's only eight hours or so so like if if you are trying to sort of be a little bit more cost conscious leading up to christmas and you want to try and play some games 
just bear in mind that it's only eight hours. They they have got like a a premium edition which costs a bit more money, and that comes with the season pass. They've already said that they're bringing in you know new modes, and they've got DLC slated for next year. So there is some more future slate planned for the Callisto Protocol, but. I liked it. It's got me more excited for the Dead Space remake in January now because this sort of scratched that space horror itch for me. And I'm like, fuck, I need more now. Like, let's go. Like, it's creepy. I like the the gunplay. I actually like the, the countering and the dodging in the game where you're sort of almost like a boxer. Like, you pivot on the the stick to go left to dodge, but then if they attack you again, you've got to go the other way. You can't just keep spamming left. So there is kind of this nice rhythm-based mechanic in it where you're trying to avoid hits and then lay counter punches or, or counter blows with your melee weapon or your guns and stuff. So mm-hmm. I like that little mechanic in it, but it is very much like a love letter to Dead Space. Like it feels like this is set in the same universe almost, and that's not a bad thing. But I really enjoyed the Callisto Protocol. I'm not shit canning it like some of the other people out there. Have you played it yet? No, you I jumped in. No, dude, I was dead. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, well, Christmas, Christmas gaming, right there. <laughs> Tis the season. Tis the season to dismember all kinds of nightmare creatures. Uh, a game that I mentioned earlier on the back of favorite characters, A Plague Tale Requiem, one of the best games I've played this year. Uh, I've got a spoiler cast available on the podcast feed if you want to sort of get my deeper thoughts on that, but very special, improves on the original game Plague Tale Innocence in every which way, and I can't wait for more of this or just more from a Sobo. Like, they, they've, they announced a game yesterday at the Game Awards, which looks looks pretty fun and, and interesting as well, but yeah, Plague Tale Requiem needs to be on your radar for games from 2022 that are worth playing. Another game... That's oh. uh, one game of the year, which um, you didn't put on your I list, don't, surprisingly. It's not on my list. I don't know why it's not on my list. Uh, Elden Ring. Yeah. Obviously, I have not finished the game, nor will I probably ever finish the game. But, like, I gave it a good old college try. I persisted and died and died again and persisted and died and died again. And I can really appreciate what From Software have done with this game. It's very special and worthy of, you know, winning a game of the year award from whatever outlet it might be. But um, yeah, Elden Ring, I just wanted to sort of hat tip everyone involved there because even though it's not our collective type of game we enjoy, we both had a crack and have a lot of positive things to say about it, right? Yeah. And like, um, there's just been so much attachment to it, like relating to like communities and art and concept and all that sort of stuff that just evolved from the the game that I just adore. So um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I loved everything that came from it. <laughs> and they announced uh, this week as well, the free Coliseum mode. Yeah, so you can jump you in can and sort fight of others. fight and play with other people. And um, yeah, so from software, just continuing to, to kick goals there. Another game I wanted to shout out, a little mobile ditty called Marvel Snap. Oh Fucking love this game. I play it so much. Uh, I was boasting the other day about I finally crossed level 1,000. <laughs> I'm now up to nearly level 1,600 on this thing. I am just uh, on a bit of a tear at the moment. And the the frequency of the season changes annoys me a smidge because it feels like there's a new season like every two damn weeks. I keep on hearing but, that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a great Snap game in all the ways you want to interpret that. <laughs> and yeah, it's just a, a great little little card game weaving in characters, lesser known mainstream from the Marvel Universe and 
letting it play out in a little three-zone battle arena. It's just super fun. The fact that you can whip games out and have them finish within a couple of minutes is great, so it's not a massive time sink. And the card art. I just love the card art in this game. It's so pretty. So pretty. And, um, yeah, it's just a great little game in between games or in between, you know, adverts on TV or whatever it might be. Like, it's just really, really fun, and it's become my mobile game of choice. Uh, finally finally got around to playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm very, very happy I did this year. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Can't say enough good things about that game. Cannot wait for the second entry into this remake saga that they're playing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, John and I were talking about actually playing Crisis Core, the new, like the other remake that's just come out this week that sort of connects into this world as well. So might try and play that over the Christmas break couple other games. Obviously, we mentioned Immortality earlier. The Quarry. Oh, yeah. Loved the Quarry. The quarry was good. The quarry was good. It um, was was the best supermassive entry of 2022 by a long way. By that's long for sure. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, these mainline standalone games that Supermassive are doing in this sort of horror QTE-based subgenre that they've perfected. Oh, I love it. I cannot wait to see what they do next. Horizon Forbidden West. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. One of my favorite games of the year. Big, chonky spoiler cast we recorded way back in sort of February, March, if you want to sort of get our thoughts on that, but improved on everything from the original. One of the prettiest games you'll ever see. Really like the narrative, the character building, the, the sort of the arcs that a lot of the, the characters, both from a hero and a villain, sort of get to see unfold on screen. And you know what? It's just post-apocalyptic cyber dinosaurs. You know, that's, you know, right in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And the last game I want to mention, which is, uh, I guess you could say, probably my game of the year, as far as if I had to, you know, gun to the head award that uh, that's winner, it would be God of War Ragnarok for me. It is very, very special. Uh, You know, it takes all the greatness of the 2018 release and knocks it out of that uh, of that realm into a whole nother realm. The voice acting's top-notch, the animation's top-notch, the graphics in general, stunning. Um, the story, some of the best you'll see. The soundtrack, obviously it won soundtrack of the year. I know we were sort of saying that you know, something like a Metal Hellsinger could certainly fit that realm as well, but what's old Bear and his team put together in God of War, like... Not many games can sort of ramp up that epicness with just a couple of notes. And that does it with this where you hear like a horn or a drum beat or like a throat sing come out of nowhere and you're like, oh, fuck, something's happening. Big trouble's on its way. Let's get it. But yeah, God of War Ragnarok, very, very special. I got a spoiler cast that just dropped on that one a couple of weeks ago too. So you can check that out in detail. I think it's our longest spoiler cast to date. I think it went for over two and a half hours that one. So it was a big boy. But uh, yeah, that's... Our favorite things of 2022, Miss Hart. We did it. Yeah. Go a good year. We had a good year of content both across the board. Like good, some good TV, some good movies, some good anime, and some great casts and characters as well as video games. Kind of mm, spoiled. All of that stuff you love. All of that mm. stuff. Yeah, we're very well looked after and we've got plenty of other good things on the way. It's an um, endless churn of good content dropping from those, you know, subsets we just mentioned, games always dropping, streaming services bringing out new content, mm-hmm. stuff going to the big screen. It's just a never-ending cycle. But uh, hopefully there's some things on our list that we've shared that you may have not checked out and hopefully we've may managed to sort of, I guess, 
sell the story or sell the concept enough for you to go, you know what, maybe I need to check this out now because that sounds like it is uh, something for me. But uh, yeah, we've only got two episodes to go for 2022. Obviously, next week you'll be hearing the, uh, our annual airing of gaming-related grievances with Festivus. Oh boy. Still got some time to get some more entries in. So uh, yeah, head on over to our socials that we are 8-bit or videogamesculture.com forward slash awards to get your opinions and grievances in and then the week after we're going to be closing things off with the biddies which is our entirely community driven awards so those winners are wholly and solely uh, decided by you the listener we don't have any say in who gets those awards so i'm very curious to see what the 8-bit nation uh respectively say is the game of the year the film of the year tv show indie so on and so forth but uh yeah then we'll take a couple of weeks off we're gonna rest and recover over the christmas holiday period then be back um bigger badder better next year question mark oh next year question mark (laughs) yeah but miss hart anything else you want to say before we uh close this studio off for the third last time of 2022 yeah, get on Discord. Let us know. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Is there something that we missed? Or what do you want to tell us what your favorite things are? That's it. That's it. Yeah. So Discord, you can find the direct link to our Discord in the podcast show notes. Obviously, you can follow me at Brendan Apebeat. You can follow Ali at Miss Ali Hart. You can follow us all as a whole at We Are 8-Bit. But be sure to rate, view, subscribe us and all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular because those emotional Lights get kept on by those ratings and reviews. They mean the world to us. It takes no time, costs you no money, and it's just a, it's a good positive thing to pay forward, especially during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. But 8-Bit Nation, we are out for now, but we'll see you again real soon. Much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.